here in New York, we have a robust climate justice movement that has developed over the past decade or so. It has been busy of late trying to put New York at the forefront of a Green New Deal. Uh, joining us today to talk about uh, that is Jessica Azale, uh, Executive Director of uh, the Alliance for a Green Economy. The Alliance's goal is a prosperous, safe, and healthy New York, fulfilling the promise of conservation, energy efficiency, and safe, clean, renewable energy sources to end our state's reliance on wasteful and environmentally destructive forms of energy. Jessica, welcome to WBAI Radio. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yes. Uh, so for uh, starters, can you uh, talk about some of the uh, the main uh uh, projects that Alliance for a Green Economy is uh, focused on at this time, including uh, legislation in Albany, uh, the Heat Act, as well as uh, you know, big pro- some progress that was made this spring around uh, the Build Public Renewables Act. Absolutely. So my organization, Alliance for a Green Economy, we work statewide at many different levels to make this transition to 100% renewable energy in all sectors real. So we do everything from helping people switch their energy sources in their own homes to going toe-to-toe with utility companies um, when they're trying to raise our bills to pay for fossil fuel infrastructure to trying to change the policies at the Public Service Commission and the legislature. So we work at all levels, and um, this we're just coming out of this year's legislative session where we fought very hard for and won some really historic climate policy um, and also had some things die at the end of session and left undone. So there was a tremendous amount of progress um, in the state budget in April. We had um, New York become the first state to pass a law that gets fossil fuels out of new construction, requiring that new buildings are built all across the state with state-of-the-art heating and cooling with renewable energy instead of fossil fuels, which is really exciting, and we're, we're leading the way nationally on that. Um, and then we also had the movement pass the Build Public Renewables Act, which is going to mean that we, as the public, can build and own um, renewable energy through our state agency, the New York Power Authority, and we can, um, you know, reap the benefits of that and make sure that we're reaching our our climate goals. So we had some tremendous wins in the budget. And after budget, we fought for very hard the New York Heat Act, which is a really important piece of legislation for addressing fossil fuels in existing buildings and bringing down our utility bills, achieving energy affordability. We, the bill would um, stop us from subsidizing fossil fuels through our utility bills, which we're doing right now at over $200 million a year. We're spending on incentivizing new fossil fuel hookups through our utility bills. Um, And it would also help us take money that we are currently dumping into the fossil fuel pipelines in our state and move that money to help people switch over to heat pumps um, and other electric appliances to help cool their homes and heat their homes and get off of fossil fuels. And it would cap energy bills for low-income people at 6% of their income to help achieve energy affordability. And unfortunately, even though the state Senate passed that bill at the end of the last week of session, the Assembly has not acted, and we don't have um, vocal support from the governor yet 
but we are really calling on the assembly right now and the governor to support that bill. Thanks, Jessica. And so given the urgency of the climate crisis, why is it so hard to get Albany to, to do the right thing? It is so frustrating and it's a good question. It's a question that we everyone is asking, especially during the last week of session as we had you know, this cloud of smoke covering the whole state. I'm here in Syracuse. We had days where we didn't see the sun, uh, where we couldn't breathe the air safely. And I know it was like that all over the state, including New York City. And still, Albany did not act um, to get this under control. And it's unconscionable. Um, and all I can say is that the utilities, the gas industry, the fossil fuel industry, they still have a hold on um you know, our elected officials and can sow so much disinformation um, and spend so much money on lobbying and, you know, working against us. So we have to build our movement even bigger and stronger to overcome that. And we came really, really close this session. We really grew the movement a lot this session. Uh, and we just need to keep going. People need to raise their voices. They need to demand accountability from their elected officials. Right. And what do you, what do you say uh, to uh, uh, critics of a renewable energy economy that it would be uh, too costly, it, it might be ineffective if you have, you know, a lot of cloudy days or the wind stops blowing. Um, how, how do you respond to that, that, that people are going to be sitting at home with the lights out while we try to live, uh, you know, a green uh, green dream? I would say a couple of things. First, um, New York State has a plan um, to achieve our mandated emissions reduction goals in the state, um, which is basically to get off fossil fuels by 2050. Um, this plan was released at the end of last year. And in preparation for that plan, there was an incredible amount of analysis that was done. And what they found was the cost of the climate crisis is so big that if we do nothing, it will cost us $115 billion more than if we pay to act and to, to make this transition. So it's much more costly to for inaction than it is action. Um, in terms of the viability and reliability of renewable energy, there have been multiple studies um, in the United States and around the world on the feasibility of renewable energy. We have the technologies that we need to power our homes, to heat our homes, um, what is standing in our way is the political will to to put the money down to build these systems um, and to take action on the climate. We know that the sun goes down at night and there are cloudy days. We know sometimes the wind doesn't blow, um, but there are ways that we can address the variability of renewable energy. We can do that by building um, complementary renewable energy sources, so combining wind and solar across the state, making sure we can move energy from one place to the other, and putting in storage um, to fill in the gaps when we when we you know don't have the wind and, and sun that we need in any given moment. And there have been many many studies showing how this can be done. I totally believe in our our ability as humans to solve these um, you know pretty minor technological challenges and it's going to be much more beneficial to us to act than it is to just let this crisis run away from us. Right. And speaking of political will, 
What did you make of uh, last week's uh, showdown in, in the state Senate over the appointment of uh, Justin Driscoll, uh, a Republican uh, who's currently the acting head of the New York Power Authority? Uh, Governor Hochul wanted to give him that job permanently, and, and his nomination was stopped, and a, a lot of groups uh, pitched in on that to change the change the momentum there. I think what we're seeing is our climate movement really rising up and demanding accountability from our government um, and demanding a clear and strong vision for how we're going to achieve our goals. So the Build Public Renewable Act, which, you know, really requires NIPA to have a very strong hand if we're going to be able to build the public renewables that we want and it will benefit all of us. We need um, a New York power authority that is really engaged in that process. And we need leaders at the power authority that have the vision to carry that out and to make sure that we're building the renewable energy and that we're benefiting from it as a public. And, you know, I think that what this shows is that the, when the people speak and demand that we have visionary leadership in these agencies, the elected officials can and do respond. Right. Well, Jessica, I wanted to ask you um, about that nomination, because if it had gone through, um, it, the issue would be, right, that he wouldn't, um, Driscoll wouldn't have, uh, it, well, he still is in place, but that he would, you know, be confirmed to continue to mislead NYPA and not enact um, you know, these uh, public power goals uh, that we have with the BPRA. So I know that in the past, you know, we've had aggressive climate goals under Cuomo, particularly around updating buildings to be sustainable. And now we have these new emission reduction goals by 2050. But how can we really um, meet these goals when we haven't yet? How do you think that we can do that? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think um, it's really important for us when we pass a piece of legislation like the Climate Act, like the Build Public Renewables Act, and even the, the um, All-Electric Building Act that we passed during the budget, too, we need to stay in the game and see it through through the implementation phase because it can be too easy sometimes to pass kind of big, overarching legislation that sounds really good and you know, elected officials can take a victory lap and say, okay, we did it, we did what you asked, we got this done, and then nothing gets built or right. the policy doesn't get achieved. And that when when we pass legislation like this, the action moves to the agencies like the New York Power Authority or the Public Service Commission or the Department of Environmental Conservation. And we need to be just as active in pushing those agencies and holding them accountable and getting into the nitty gritty of how these laws are uh, implemented and making sure that they're implemented, we need to be just as active there as we are with the legislature getting the laws passed. So I'll give you a good example of this. Um, we passed the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act in 2019, which requires the state to get off of fossil fuels by 2050. And we have to reduce our emissions 40% by 2030, which is in just right, a few years, right. right? A lot of this implementation is going needs to happen through the Public Service Commission, which is an agency that regulates the utilities like National Grid and Con Ed that serve electricity and gas to our homes. 
and especially gas, because buildings are such a huge part of our climate emissions. And we have just seen the, the gas utilities, you know, you think, okay, this law was passed. So obviously they're going to start planning for how they're going to stop expanding the gas system, how they're going to help people get off of gas and onto heat pumps, which are technologies that can help you heat your home without fossil fuels. You would think that this law was passed, so they would just do it. And they're not. Instead, they're dragging their feet. They're trying to get every single last gas pipeline in the ground as they possibly can and make us pay for it and raise our rates to do it. And we need the Public Service Commission to stop them and to set a different course and to put really, really clear um, requirements on them that they have to be reducing the amount of gas that they're selling. And they're not doing that yet. Um, and it's been, what, four years since we passed that legislation? So, you know, we and other organizations are getting involved in the Public Service Commission and trying to, you know, really move the utilities and move the regulators. And we need more people in there with us holding these agencies accountable to the law or what, you know, we just won't see the kind of action in time that we need. Okay. And before we have to go here um, in a minute, I'm curious that uh, you're up there in Syracuse. Uh, what has been the response of people in central t- New York to the, the more hands-on work that y'all do to help uh, people, uh, you know, make the transition to renewable energy uh, in their own lives and in their own homes? Yeah, I mean, we're just finding that so many people are curious and interested and, you know, frankly, freaked out about the climate crisis and want to know what they can do. And people want to know what they can do to get better policies in place and get better programs in place. And they also want to know, you know, what can I do in my own home? And they're hearing about solar, they're hearing about heat pumps, and they're curious and they want to know more. Um, So, you know, we're out there with other organizations, and there are many like us across the state who are out there educating people about these technologies, helping connect people to to installers that can help you install solar or a heat pump. And it's been tremendous. We've seen people getting more and more interested. This industry is growing and people, you know, install these technologies and they find out that they work and they find out that there are really a lot of great benefits to them in terms of the comfort and affordability of their homes. And then they talk to other people. They tell their stories. They tell their neighbors. They tell their elected officials. So it's, you know, it's it's great, but we're also finding that we need policies. We need more funding for people to be able to make the switch, especially low-income people need more financial help to be able to adopt these technologies. And we need um, to be finding ways to scale these technologies so that we can go faster. So one example of that is we can install heat pumps in people's homes on a house-by-house basis, which we're doing all over the state right now, and it's exponentially growing, but we can also have our utilities and other large entities install thermal energy networks, which are utility-scale renewable heating projects that put pipes in the ground that carry water instead of gas that people can connect their heat pumps to, and that can help us move entire neighborhoods off of the gas system. So we need to be, you know, looking for these ways to really exponentially grow um, this transition. We're not going to meet our goals. And just bouncing off of that, 
Uh, here in New York City, most people don't live in individual houses. They, uh, many of us live in, in large apartment buildings. And I know there's been some pilot projects uh, here in the city with uh, trying to bring uh, you know, large apartment buildings on board. Uh, we Act in Harlem has been a leader in that. But uh, do you have a sense that uh, this is going to be able to get scaled up here in the city with sort of its unique, uh, you know, uh, architecture and uh, uh, terrain here? Yeah, absolutely. I think that what we're finding is that um, the technologies work in many different build- kinds of buildings, many different sizes of buildings. And, you know, we have a lot of different kinds of technologies that can meet the needs of different sizes and kinds of buildings. Um, what we have is not a technological challenge. What we have is, are we willing as a state to put the resources toward making this transition and ensuring that everybody can make this transition and find ways to do this at scale? Or are we going to just throw our hands up and say, it's too hard and we'll just live with, you know, continued smoke bombs every single summer and hurricanes and droughts and food shortages and all kinds of crises. So I think, you know, what we need to do is just ensure that we are putting the the money instead of putting it into the gas industry, that we're putting it toward the solutions that we want to see. Okay, well, we'll leave it there for now. But uh, Jessica Azale, Executive Director of the Alliance for a Green Economy, joining us from Syracuse, thank you so much for being on WBAI Radio this evening. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Right. And uh, 